Hello, everyone. This is Food Talk executive producer Rob Perra. Danny will be conducting interviews here every day, talking with experts on food and agriculture, and discussing topics like the impact of COVID-19 on the food system, unsung food heroes, how climate change continues to be a threat to agriculture, and other pressing social and environmental challenges that impact farmers, eaters, and the economy. Today on Food Talk, Danny interviews Stephen Ritz, South Bronx educator and founder of Green Bronx Machine. They discuss food security in New York City and how their organization is moving forward with food access efforts. Enjoy the show. Before I start and introduce the amazing Stephen Ritz, who is one of the most lovely people who's ever walked to the earth, I want to give another shout out to my CSA in, in Baltimore, where I live. They, they deliver every week right to my door. They're the nicest people in the world. I'm going to cry a little bit because they made me, they call to make sure that we get our CSA because, you know, they don't want it to get stolen. And I just told them how much I love them and, you know, how, how much we appreciate them and how it's like Christmas every, every week when they stop by and, you know, give us lovely sage and, you know, microgreens and all this amazing apples that taste so good. Anyway, I started to cry when I was talking to her and she's like, no, she's like, you know, we often don't get a lot of thanks uh, from our customers right now because, um, you know, when we're at the farmer's market, it's a whole different vibe, but people aren't thanking us. So she's like, we really appreciate it. And so this, um, my CSA is run by Civic Works in, in Baltimore. And I'm interviewing the director of the program next week because I just think, they're, the people who are working with them, the young people who are working with them are are so knowledgeable and so, well, you know, they're, they're so skilled. They're, you know, doing something amazing during a very uh, difficult time and they're making, they're bringing me a lot of joy. So just a reminder, like whether it's your postal carrier or, you know, the person who delivers your CSA or, you know, if you want to send a note to your kids' teachers who are, you know, trying to teach kids online right now, people need some, uh, you know, to know that they're appreciated uh, and, and you know, that everyone's trying to get through this together. So um, anyway, that's uh, I won't cry. Probably I might cry. Stephen Ritz might make might make me cry today. But uh, that was my cry for today. So today I get to chat, like I said before, with one of my favorite people on earth, and that's Stephen Ritz. He is an award-winning educator, hey there, and founder of Green Bronx Machine, a nonprofit that strives to empower local food systems through education and urban agriculture and promote wellness among students in marginalized communities. He is a longtime South Bronx educator and believes that students shouldn't have to leave their community to live, learn, and earn um, uh, uh, you know, in, in this, in this world. So he's uh, been doing a lot of amazing stuff, uh, before COVID. Um, he's been doing a lot of amazing stuff since COVID. So Stephen, I'm just so glad you could be here today and, and join us with your great yellow hat. Well, thank you. And as I look at my great yellow hat, I'm just loving your logo right on top of it. <laughs> and pitchfork and this movement and this work is really about localizing food systems reducing the footprint and making good food accessible to all, whether you in our neighborhoods like the South Bronx in Baltimore or in the great plains of this country. So thank you for the work Absolutely. that you do. Oh, thank you. So th there's no question, Stephen, schools are having a hard time right now and, and, and parents too. K kids are out of school. 
Can you talk a little bit about the effect that that's had on you? You're such a hands-on educator. You love the kids who you work with. I've seen it. They love you back. You're doing all of this amazing stuff, teaching them not just about growing food, but how to live really better lives and and to grow up and be really well-rounded people who can contribute to their communities. What's this? How's this affected you and how is it affecting them? Well, I mean... This COVID crisis, without getting too political, has really become an x-ray into our society overall. In very clear and black and white terms, we see what the nation's priorities are, what people's priorities are, and sadly, the greatest disparities in the nation that we've ever seen. Bringing it back to schools, uh, I'm thrilled to say that yesterday, my wife and I delivered groceries to every single one of our students and then had a Zoom call to celebrate her birthday online. Um, so we are responding heroically. Thank you for shouting out all the teachers who are really coming together. But this is a moment, and it's not a moment to get back to normal. It is a moment for us to get back to better. And homes and kitchens are becoming the new classrooms and tables are becoming the the new learning labs. And for me and my students and my parents, what a great opportunity to take the time to taste something new, to develop a palate, to talk about cooking, to talk about sharing. So our, you know, literally, you know, my days start and end in the school, but they continue to be with children in my community. And I just want to thank all the first responders everywhere, the heroes, yeah. unsung heroes. Our work is literally, we are, as you know, in the midst of a huge sustainable gangster campaign, which I'll talk right. about in a minute, making sure that all of our food insecure cancer patients get fresh groceries delivered door to door and our neediest families have access to healthy, fresh food. But during the day, we are doing the community work that we need to do to keep people yeah. alive and safe. And at night, I am teaching. Believe it or not, um, this is my new classroom. Every day I'm doing a morning read for students. I have all kinds of books from Jack and the Beanstalk to my book, you know, and I'm grateful for you and your blurb. I'm also highlighting authors from around the world, making it part inspirational, highlighting books like Magnificent Words to Live By, encouraging people to develop their vocabulary. I've got a house full of finger puppets, um, all kinds (laughs) of story books. Um, So... I'm doing engaging work with students in the morning, then visiting them again at night and after school, after DOE hours, starting next Wednesday, we are literally going to be doing Zoom cooking lessons with families. My wife and I will be delivering groceries to all the students on Tuesdays. They'll be prepped, ready to go. And then Wednesday after school for snack, we will cook together and share together. So the work continues. The fight continues. And, you know, now more than ever, it's an opportunity for people to really think about where their food comes from, who's producing it, how we are treating people and how we treat the people who produce it. So I'm hoping that this horrible tragedy um, really gets us as a nation and a world to a better, brighter place. Absolutely. Describe what's uh, right behind you, Stephen. What's right that right behind, behind you? Me is my amazing, oh, this, whoa, I'll figure it out. Right. Power garden. <laughs> I'm growing all kinds of vegetables there. You'll see a whole plot of flowers that will literally, as soon as if it doesn't snow, get out on my windowsill garden. There's a, a book called Enjoying Eating the Alphabet. I've got Will Allen's book, all my little chairs. I've got my garden back here. Um, right now I'm in possession of 10,000 seedlings. 
For those of you in the New York City area, please come visit us on May 14th. We are planting the largest organic soil farm in the Bronx. Oh That's May 14th. Come on out. It will be socially distant. It will be safe. We will have masks, gloves, hand sanitizer, food, and cheese hats for everybody. <laughs> and we'll send you home with seedlings. From there, we're going to be visiting public housing and building victory farms across New York City. Right now, with summer youth programs being canceled, um, with still the whole possibility of going back or not going back to school in the fall, looming over all of us in communities across the country, teaching children, galvanizing adults, and you know, coalescing yeah. folks to grow food, come together, spend time in the sunshine, communicate yeah. with each other is critical. And again, each and every day, I am inspired by the heroism, bravery, and courage of people in the most unlikely places. And I thank you for celebrating them. You know, I have my Food Tank Award right here. It's one of my most prized possessions. It's oh the dining room table. You are going to make me cry. <laughs> Don't cry. Well, cry good. <laughs> cry good. Um, you know, and, and I'm just grateful for the recognition and support that you guys give me in a platform. And, you know, even, you know, as we speak, we're working with colleagues I met at your event, um, you okay. know, Ted and Alexina and the New York City food policy. We are documenting what is going on right. undercover. We've penetrated the Hunts Point market and penetrated is the wrong word because we're very welcome there. And it's amazing how the food community of purveyors and suppliers and even people down south who are growing food with no place to, to use it since right. restaurants are closed are really coming together. So we are, you know, the, I like to say the DEA says follow the money. We say follow the food. And we are following the food, reclaiming the food, and, you know, literally part of a network that distributes 2,300 meals a day in the South Bronx, in the poorest congressional district in America. We're going to be celebrating those heroes. And that's the power of Food Tank. That's the power of this forum. So God bless you. Pat yourself on the back. I'm proud Thanks. to have my Garjana bracelet on. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Garjana is uh, postponed for a little while. It's our interactive, really immersive uh, uh, off-Broadway musical. It will uh, come to fruition, if not this year, early next year. We're really still excited about it. It will focus on uh, climate change and resiliency. And and I think we, those themes are, are are more important than ever. You know, you, you, you mentioned... Um, that you're still working with kids and you have these seedlings and bit you're you're maintaining physical distance but what i love about the work that you do is you're still being very social with them the fact that they can see you multiple times a day these tutorials that you're doing at night the the, the work you're doing the day to continue teaching them how are you keeping yourself going steven you have like immense energy as anyone who's watching this can tell but this i know this has been hard on you you've lost colleagues and 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 and, and friends and, and people who are important to you. This is such a, I, I want to know how you're, who's, uh, you have a wonderful wife. We should give a shout out to her, but this is a hard time for teachers. And I want to know how you're, how you're keeping your spirits up and how you're taking care of yourself. So uh, I'm definitely eating more vegetables for sure. And I'm <laughs> eating locally and I'm eating more frequently, but smaller calorie portions. And I'm also eating a lot less animal protein. And, um, you know, I can't, whether you eat meat or not, and that's a choice that, you know, I'm not going to debate if you're going to eat it, let's think about the people who are preparing it. So right. in the process, it's really, you know, I'm making choices that make me feel good about what I'm doing, how I'm eating and who I'm supporting, but you hit the nail on the head. 
Um, you know, if it wasn't for my wife, I don't know where I'd be. She, you know, I'm, I always say I'm the face and oftentimes the ass of the organization, but she is the heart, the arms and, and the legs making this happen. So a huge, huge shout out to her. Um, and I think it's an opportunity for those of us who really care to show how much we care. So it's an opportunity to lean in and do more. You know, I live and work in a community that is surrounded by massive buildings and just getting out there and children knowing that I'm out there in the street gets them right. to the windows. So I'm literally teaching from the street several times a day. Um, I love it. I really hang bags of food out on the school fence so people know they're there. And this is really, this movement, um, and there are a lot of things that I could talk about that are problematic, but in a lot of ways, it is putting the unity back into community. And right. I think small, effective grassroots organizations like ours are really stepping up in enormous ways and building a foundation that will outlast this disease and hopefully get us all to a better, brighter place. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think you, you already said it. You said this has been an x-ray really into our society, but it's not just the bad things we're seeing. We're also seeing these good things. You're, you're one of them. The and, you know, that I'm seeing, the, the awareness, it's sad that it's coming at such a price and, and I don't want to discount that at all. But right. I do think that ultimately we as people will be more informed, better prepared. It is forcing people to jump into the 21st century. Look, I'm here with you on YouTube instead of my crazy AOL account. <laughs> so if that's not proof that, you know, an old dinosaur can learn a new trick, you know, it's great to see so many children connecting online. Yeah. Of course, issues around connectivity and, and access to technology exist. Um, but because we are making that so public, we are addressing that and we're kind of compressing that need into a sense of immediacy and urgency mm -hmm. um, that is really rem remarkable. Stevens, show your uh, your shirt again, your T-shirt. Sure, so we'll... This shirt, and this speaks to a small, uh, it's called the Sustainable Gangster Shirt. Um, it is a beautiful 100% organic cotton <laughs> shirt that is ethically made and ethically sourced. So it's providing living wage jobs with, with every purchase of this shirt. All the proceeds enable us to go and buy a bag of groceries, seven days worth of food for a food insecure senior citizen wow. who is recovering from cancer and living in public housing or a family. So please go to the Green Bronze Machine website, pick up a sustainable gangster shirt or pick up a copy of my book or children's book. It's been remarkable. You know, our children's book features you, Danny. And the coolest thing about our children's book is all the proceeds have gone to hire parents out of public housing to work in public schools around health, wellness, and nutrition initiatives. And you know, for me, the greatest resource in the world is the untapped potential in marginalized and underserved communities. So the Absolutely. more we can do to make local residents feel empowered and become part of the solution at living wage really bridges the gap, not towards equality, but towards equity because people just don't understand how difficult it is to be poor in America. Yeah. Being poor is a full-time job. And I am yeah. really here, and I thank you for this forum, to dispel the notion that people who are on public assistance or people who are living in poverty want to be there. They yeah. don't. And being poor is a full-time job. I have parents who are working three, four, five, six minimum wage and sub-minimum wage jobs. Um, all this around the whole fear of... Uh, ice raids and all kinds of things. We don't know who's knocking at our doors these days. So 
The fact that these people are champions and, and that we are calling attention to the plight is really going to change the way these people live. Because you can't talk to me about education if you're not talking to me about opportunity. And my biggest, my biggest quest in the world right now is to create more living wage opportunities in marginalized communities. Um, because the answer to poverty is money and not free money, but dignified work. So sure. I'm hoping we relook at the way money's distributed. I'd love to see, you know, for all these corporations that have so much money to give away, maybe they just need to pay their lowest wage employees more money so they can have access to the same things. But again, you know, in the next couple of years, you're going to see my shift move from philanthropy towards policy, because I really believe that the greatest requiem for change is policy. You know, yeah. charity is not going to solve this problem. Um, it's a great- Especially now. It's especially now. It's a great intermediate measure, but we don't need more charity. We don't need more 501c3s. We need more people making living wage. We need more policy. It is mind numbing to me that, you know, in literally what saddens me is because grocery stores are not stocked in the South Bronx in parts of it right. for a variety of reasons. A lot of them have very limited hours that you have parents who are shopping in in, in gas stations and right. literally buying 150 bucks worth of Pop-Tarts and potato chips at a time because there's no lines. And right. what that's doing immediately to their diet and their long term health situation is horrible, but it kind of creates this perpetual economic cycle. I'm also going to be starting to advocate towards any store that's vacant for more than six months. The landlord should be fined because we can turn them into pop-up CSAs with this ready to go. Um, I want to see a reduction in the amount of large um, fast food restaurant proliferation and dollar general stores. These stores are popping up in our communities at exponential right. rates, undermining the entire economy. So I really want to see a shift towards policy. Um, I think if more people spend time advocating and rallying their local politicians instead of, you know, sending emails on giving Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays, right. the world would be a better place. Um, we'd all be in a better place. And I don't think anybody has a bad heart. So let me be clear about that. Of I'm course. not undermining anyone's efforts, but I think the way to solve this as a nation is as a nation. And the way the nation gets behind this is with the power of the ballot, voting with your fork, voting with your pitchfork, voting with your ballot, and voting with the ballot. So for me, it's really about empowering the next generation of activists. Stephen, are you going to run for office? Sounds well, like I'm it. I'm running for president of the Children's Union. Um, <laughs> so I may throw my hat. I'm, I, you know, I have some concerns about the upcoming election. You know, my campaign would be simple. It would be make America garden again. And, you know, I do it right in the privacy of my home, 12 stories up. I do it in the streets. I do it on the runway, the parkway, the parks. Um, I do it anywhere I can. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity to serve, you know, my country, serve my community. I have this belief, as you well said, that children should have to leave their community to live, learn, and earn in a better one. But at the end of the day, I do believe service is the price and the rent that we pay for fresh air and the ability to thrive on this planet. Absolutely. And this planet has given me the ability to thrive and do things and connect with people in ways I've never imagined. So I'm grateful to do service. Um, it, it's very liberating for me. Yeah, I, I know it is. You know, I was talking, you brought up this idea of changing how philanthropy works. And I think this is such an opportunity to think about that. We um, interviewed um, the head of uh, the Egyptian Food Bank, 
earlier today while, you know, from Egypt. He was amazing. And he started what he's called, you know, the sustainable philanthropy system where it's not charity. It's, you know, where companies are are really part of this, that they're they're using their dollars not only to to provide food for communities, but to make jobs. And I think that's the, the really important part of this. We need people to have sustainable jobs where they can feed their families. They need, you know, living wages. And whether we're talking about a $15 minimum wage or more, people need to have the security so that they're not working those three jobs, that they're not, you know, putting themselves in danger and, 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 and you know, that they have the, the ability to sort of lead less risky lives. Right. You know, one of the things that I really... I'm going to start holding people accountable. So you could say you heard it here first on Food Tank is that, you know, I really want people to be transparent about the salaries at these nonprofits. It really disturbs me that nonprofits, some of them have salaries where people are making three, four, five, yeah. $100,000 a year. That's unacceptable. You know, you're basically running an organization to pay for salaries and right. that's not cool. Bringing it back to your point, you know, I do a lot of work in the Middle East, um, including Egypt. And, you know, I've been to Egypt and it, it's remarkable as we speak. I've never been to a place where you can trade a roll of toilet paper um, for a bag of groceries or a roll of toilet paper for a 10 hour workday. The oh, thing yeah. is there are 20 million people there living on less than a dollar a day is mind numbing. Yeah. Um, but the respect for farmers and product um, and the inputs that go into the labor of creating food, whether it's flour, bread, um, you know, or vegetables is amazing. Some of the most robust and rewarding work that I'm doing internationally happens to be in Egypt. So thank you for bringing it up. It also bears notice that the biggest Kentucky Fried Chicken billboard in the world is right over the Nile River. Um, so it goes to show you we've got to start dealing with policy and taking and, and voting voting with our pockets, voting with our mouths and voting with our forks. I couldn't agree more. And we cannot, as you said before, go back to the normal that we had. Yeah. We normal have to got us here. This is why yeah. we're here. You know, people say, go back to normal. I don't ever want to go back to yeah. normal. I want to constantly get to better. And I'm hoping this will help us get there sooner um, uh, than later. You mentioned before changing kids' palates, and I know you're starting these cooking programs with them on Zoom uh, next week. Why sh why do we need to change kids' palates? When you change kids' palates, you change their trajectory on, in health. Listen, the, the life expectancy in my community is 15 years younger than a three-mile distance to the Upper East Side. And there are people on the Upper East Side who are eating themselves. To this, is a, right. this is a health issue. It's a public policy issue. You know, why is it that soda is cheaper than water in my community? Why is it that liquor stores are open at eight o'clock? Why is it that in communities like mine, we have these tobacco stores that have these beautiful glass colored pipes, you know, and, and, and you can use food stamps in those stores. No child can go to school and stop in at a bodega and have to see someone buying a crack pipe, a tobacco pipe, or a can of beer at seven o'clock in the morning. Sure. This is policy. Um, you know, it, it's just a policy issue. But again, when children start growing food, particularly in communities where they don't know anything about it, their palate, I mean, we have vegans in the South Bronx. I have kids who are eating tofu. I have kids who are eating things that even I can't imagine when they start learning about the, you know, the, the, the factory farming and some of the sure. atrocities that are indigenous to our food system. Um, so they really, you connect with them at a young age and that, that changes everything. What do we know about children who have access to healthy, fresh food? 
they, they are healthier, they perform better in school, they, they don't become obese, they don't have heart disease, they don't right. have diabetes. I mean, in between, in between the clown, the king, and the colonel are, di are dialysis centers. That's not sustainable for some people, but not for the bulk who are living within it. Um, right. you know, you've got to stop looking at children as epicenters of profit and really as epicenters of potential. Every day, I believe I'm looking at the next Barack Obama, the next Sondra Sotomayor, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to get them there by feeding them chips and soda. Right. It's not going to happen. Their life expectancy, their potential, the efficacy of their human body as a machine is diminished by what we are feeding them. But of course, the coolest thing is when kids learn to grow food at a young age, they really enjoy it. And then right. they start becoming environmental and social justice stewards because they realize that the water that falls from the heavens is the same water that's being wasted in the fire hydrant. When they realize the amount of labor that goes into producing a plant and right. taking care of their plants, they, they really stop wasting food. They right. really start looking at food as a whole different paradigm. And I always say with little kids, if I give you a penny and tell you to put it in the ground, and come back in 35 days later and you'll have a $5 bill. Who wants that penny? And all the hands go up. Do we have kids who are growing food, entrepreneurial stuff? I mean, it's remarkable. Even some of the children have gotten very involved in our Feeding Others campaign. Um, right. When children understand that the food that they are growing in my classroom and realize when schools open, we grow 100 bags of groceries for food insecure seniors. Wow. When they understand that food is medicine, like our dear friend Robert Graham says, you know, food is medicine. They are understanding that they are healing people. And, and you know, that's far more important than having a Kit Kat bar at lunch. Um, you know, part For of sure. is I'd like, I think we can all agree that potato chips are not an entree. I'd like people to understand that it shouldn't be a snack and maybe be a treat. And I yeah. think by elevating, you know, it's great to see kids munching down a head of lettuce, um, you know, craving fresh fruit. You're going to see in right. our documentary that in communities where we give kids fresh fruit and fresh vegetables daily. What do they want? More of it. They really right. take towards it. Um, and I'm not anti-candy. I'm just in moderation for all of that. I mean, you know my health story better than anybody. Eight years ago, I was 120 pounds heavier. I'm still, I'm bringing back. Um, <laughs> I'm having a good time at it. No, it's amazing. I want to make sure people have the URL to the Green Bronx Machine. So it's greenbronxmachine.org. You can go there, buy that t-shirt, that Steven's wearing, you can donate, you can become involved, you can, there are a lot of resources, you can learn a lot, you can buy his books, you can learn more about his upcoming documentary. When does it come out, Steven? Uh, we are waiting to know. It's really a very touching film. It highlights the expansion of our Green Bronx Machine curriculum across the country. And remarkably, the documentary has spanned um, over two years in the making. And the trajectory of some of these children has been remarkable. So we have right. people who are graduating into great jobs um, to see how their lives have changed, to see how school performance has changed and teacher satisfaction has changed has really been remarkable. So there are a couple of little hitches about the release. We're working on graphics. There were, it's so beyond my pay grade. Um, <laughs> but it's really fun and I just light up um, and the, the kids are working on a soundtrack. So as we speak, we are going forward. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you've you've written these very powerful books. You're doing the documentary. You've overcome your own health challenges and, you know, really done amazing things with your life as an educator. What is the most important thing that you want people to know about your work? So, you know, you don't have to be great to start. 
but in or but you have to start in order to be great. You know, my story is what I'm not a farmer, I'm not a scientist, no background in any of this. I was just one person determined to make a difference and I can. So no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. And if that's the one thing I urge each and every person who's listening or watching today to do is think about one thing you can do, whether it's reducing the consumption of animal protein, whether it's donating a dollar to an impact-oriented organization that's going to make a difference, whether it's thanking a postal worker, a teacher, or a policeman, whether it's reaching out to a neighbor. And remember, sometimes your voice is your greatest contribution. I have been determined to be a voice for the voiceless until they learn to speak for themselves. But now my children are writing books. My children are writing articles. My children are getting notoriety. And that's what it's all about. Empower someone, do something great, and shop local. Shop local, 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 please. You know, support your local farmer, support your local restaurant, and say thank you to those frontline workers who are making sure that we are fed and nourished daily. And also support Food Tank. The work that you're doing, Danny, is just remarkable. How you have coalesced so many people. Um, you know, you have really become the lightning rod, the umbrella of which we all, you know, seek shelter um, and support. Really needs to be acknowledged. So thank you for what you're doing across the board. Um, that, 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 that's, that's very, very kind, but I, I'm not, not the hero here. here. You, you are, and I, I just no, want to make sure people. Are. That's no, the point. Well, well no, no. Uh, I have you're waiting for. I have the great honor of being able to amplify work like yours, and I and I'm very grateful for that because the the food tank platform is is one that you know we worked very hard on with very little resources, but being able I can only do this work because of people like you, and so thank you for all that you do. Again, you can go to green uh, bronxmachine.org. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. You can go to stevenritz.com uh, to find out more information. Steven, you're the most inspiring person I know. Thank you for everything you do. Um, a reminder that this episode will also appear on our podcast, Food Talk with Danny Nierberg. So you won't get to see Steven. I think this is the best part, but you'll get to hear him. Um, and so please uh, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Send me the link so I can cut, copy and paste and send it out because, you know, I, I am challenged with all this technology stuff, but delighted to champion this. And folks, Absolutely. reach out for me. I'm a resource, you know, I'm here. I put myself in the public forum to be used. Um, so use me, you know, I'm not going away. <laughs> I want to be as supportive of as many people as possible. If you're in the Bronx on May 14th and you want to farm, come on out and get a day full of sunshine and know you're feeding those who need it most. Come on down. We welcome you and we'll send you home with some snacks and some seedlings. God bless each and every one of you and make epic happen. <laughs> greenbronxmachine.org everyone please join me uh for our next episode with francis morlepe thank you Stephen. please stay well thank you god bless you be well and i can't wait to see you again me too bye bye thanks so much for listening to food talk with danny nierenberg please rate review subscribe and share the podcast Make sure to return to foodtank.com every day for original reporting and analysis on the most pressing issues impacting our food system.